Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey, welcome to the show today. My weirdest experience. I'm here with Rob Pritchard. He's the owner of The Healing Frequency in Warrington, Virginia. And he is a life coach and he provides a life coaching with an energetic twist. And he's been doing this type of work since 2011. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me on this morning. I do appreciate it. Hello to everybody that's listening. You're welcome. I can't wait to hear your stories today. So we can just start with what you want to start with. Well, let me give you a a little idea how I came into doing energy work and life coaching. I actually started as doing executive coaching back in like 1999. So that was a while back. Uh, I was running a couple companies and just everything kind of took off. So I kind of moved away from it. Now in 2010, my mother passed away. And when my mother was uh, passed away, I had actually, I was going through a transition in my life. I was moving out of a house that I'd been living in for 18 years and moving out of a marriage that I had been in even longer than that. Uh, And I called my mom up and I was like, you know, I think I need to come home. And so I actually was on my way to move back into the house. And this is where my life really changed. And I like sharing the story because it gives people hope. You know, I was hanging out with a lot of bikers. I was doing a lot of craziness and um, I was moving back into my mom's house. I was a mortgage broker. Uh, The state of Virginia said, hey, look, you know, this was right when the market was imploding and everything was going away and my companies were failing and faltering because of different reasons with the economy as well. And I was like, mom, I need to move home. Is that okay? She goes, let me check with your stepfather and I don't see a problem with it. Well, while I was making this transition, my stepfather, he ruptured three of the vertebrae in his neck and he went into the hospital where he was in the hospital for roughly eight months. He pretty much uh, was called on the table about three times, pretty much almost died five times. During this time, my mother went into the hospital as well and she passed away from a stroke. So my stepfather ended up coming home to live with me and I took care of him for about two and a half years. Now, at my mother's funeral, my sister looked at me and she said, "Um, there's this woman that uh, has been working with mom that says that she has a message to give to the family. She goes, I'm not going. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. I'll represent the family. Now, my mother had this... uh, She had a lot of different things wrong with her, but one of the things that was going on was something called fibromyalgia, which to my understanding, they still don't know what causes it, but all the, all the pain is just really high and it's all about the receptors and all this other stuff. And she had been asking me to learn this thing called Reiki. And 
I had no clue what Reiki was. Now, Reiki comes from Japan. It's the Japanese art of healing through the laying of hands. It has existed since the beginning of time. The Native American Indians have their version of it. The Pentecostal Church, I still believe, practices theirs. But I actually didn't know what it was. And in my limited scope and knowledge, I thought it was something that had a different name called Ralphing. And if anybody knows what Ralphing is, it's kind of a deep organ compression massage type thing. It's supposed to be really painful. And I was like, I show up at this woman's house and she goes, you know, I need to give you this message. I'm a psychic and a medium. And when your mother was on my table a year and a half earlier, we had this vision that she would be passing away about this time. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And she goes, but while you're here, I would love to give you a Reiki session. I'm going, oh, geez, thanks, mom. <laughs> I'm not ready for all this pain. <laughs> She's going to give me a message like this. Forget it. Uh, but I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll do it. And as she started to work on me, I've grown up doing martial arts. And so I started back when I was a little child, where a lot of people do nowadays, but this was a long time ago. Um, and I learned energy. I learned this thing called chi or ki or prana, however you want to call it, or universal life energy, the energy that we hold inside of us to keep us alive. And I was experienced with this. And when she started working on me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is energy. She, she is using her chi. She's using her energy to work on me. I know what this is. And I got up off the table and I was like, thank you so very much. That was nice. And it wasn't what I was expecting. And I told her about the Ralphing and she just started laughing. And I was like, and she goes, and you really got on my table? <laughs> you know, I'm a massage therapist too. I was like, I was trusting. I was a little leery, but you know, I was trusting. But this thing that you were doing, I know what it is. I don't know of it as Reiki. I know of it as, as Chi, as, as our inner energy. And I would use this doing martial arts to break cinder blocks and things. And she's like, oh, wow. She goes, I'm teaching a class uh, this weekend if you'd like to come. And at this point, I was pretty much destitute. I didn't have the money to pay for the class. But I, I weaseled my way into the class for less money, not getting the certificate, not getting a book. And I'm just going to monitor the class. And I went and I listened to it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, with my original intake interview with my master, he goes, what do you want to learn from martial arts? And I said, I want to learn how to bend spoons with my mind and move paper and to be able to do all this metaphysical stuff. And he's like, so you're not here really to beat people up? I'm like, no. And so I got into school and he had just come from Korea. So it was really, it was old school Taekwondo. Uh, not as bad as my cousin got where he was actually having to punch into uh, a bin of broken glass. It wasn't like that because we were in America, but he, my cousin was in Korea. So I really start, I started learning and just going through and finding all the knowledge that I could find. And see, I was already into the whole life coaching and the law of attraction. And I had been doing that for years. And I was like, all this stuff is starting to correlate and come together in just such a way where it was coming out in my mind and but this is all about a weird story so let me tell you a weird story and so within reiki typically a sui reiki that comes from dr sui in japan and the word reiki stands for universal life force energy 
but that's Japanese. Reiki is Japanese. And so we have three levels typically that we teach, which is the basic level, which is Shodan, which is all about that inner teaching. This is where we really get in touch with ourselves and what's going on inside of ourselves and learn how to work with the energy. And we get these things that are called attunements. And attunements are nothing more than a transference of the energy in the lineage of your master and their masters and their masters coming through to you. So you have this transference of energy and Reiki one is all about the physical. Now Reiki two moves into really working with symbols that date back to, I mean, they found them in Egypt and all this other stuff that Dr. Asui had no clue what they were. It was something that was given to him to amplify our power and our intention. So everything is about intention. And when I teach Reiki, because I'm also a Reiki master teacher, I talk about, you know how when you were a child and your friend and your mom and your dad said, get rid of that imaginary friend, get rid of your imagination. It's not going to do anything for you in the future. Well, ta-da, it works really well. So please keep it. Um, so within Reiki too, we're learning how to transfer this energy to other people and we're boosting our own powers and our own connection to source. And so when I talk about Reiki, a lot of times I will talk about the fact that when you're learning how to connect in and you're doing a meditation and everything, it's kind of like learning how to turn on a faucet or a spigot and you learn how to get the water to drip. And then all of a sudden you learn how to turn it on and it flows faster and faster. And then all of a sudden it turns into a water hose and then a fireman's hose. And then it can evolve to a full blown waterfall of energy that's going into these people and helping them to heal mentally, physically, and emotional. I've done 32 sessions in a day and each one was completely different. So this is Reiki two, but Reiki three is a master level. And when I teach this, I actually joke with everybody. I'm like, congratulations, you're now a beginner. And they're like, what do you mean I'm a beginner? I'm like, we taught you how to do the forms and the kicks as in martial arts, but now you get to perfect what it is that you're doing. Well, in this time of devouring all these books and all this knowledge, my stepfather was still alive and he wanted me to work. He did not want me to work on him, but spirit wanted me to work on him. And he came from a very Roman Catholic background. And he's like, what's this voodoo you're doing? Keep it in the basement. That's fine. Well, on this one day, I was actually working uh, with the master level symbol. And it turned on. It activated. And at that point, everything started to swirl around me my head became cloudy and this energy came into my crown chakra, which is at the top of my head. This is our connection to source, to God, to all that is. And this, I just was receiving this immense pressure coming in from the top of my head. And all of a sudden my hand raised up over my head and I'm looking at my hand going, I didn't tell you to do this. <laughs> and it stuck in the air and it stuck there. I could not turn pull it down. I went to school for psychology and a psychologist would call this like a catatonic state to where, you know, you just, you're frozen in time. And my hand was up for what seemed to be a eternity, but it was really for about 15 minutes that I could not pull it down. So and, is, is this when you already took the class or before you, you so, took so this Reiki was Master? Reiki one, this was 
after Reiki too, but before I had done my master level. Okay. So I was messing around with knowledge that I probably should. Oh, see, I'm wondering why you were using the master symbol if you weren't trained as a Reiki master yet. Well, you know that I was. <laughs> there's a book in the manual that my teacher put out, the do's and the don'ts, and she's got this frowny face for the don'ts, and I'm like, you know, you really need to change this version to me. <laughs> You know, just put my picture instead of the frowny face because I'm the don'ts guy. You know, I will go and I will kick in the door. I will try everything. And, you know, this is why women live longer. <laughs> I, you know, a- I, I can I can commiserate with that type of energy, actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit like that, too, because I don't like rules. But OK, so your your hand is in the air you're yeah. messing with the reiki master symbol and you haven't been attuned to it perceived and, and i have not and so what happened was this energy is coming through me and flowing through me not of me my hand is stuck and i hear from spirit we are sending energy healing energy to your stepfather and i'm going okay now i'm hearing voices in my head this is not good you know uh but I couldn't do anything. It finally broke and I was able to bring my hand down. My heart kind of slowed down. And I, I called up my Reiki master. I was like, what just happened to me? <laughs> and she goes, it sounds like you got a spiritual attunement. And she reached out to her friends that were masters as well. And it was split kind of like four to four. It was a spiritual attunement. He's just a nut. Uh, but from that point on, I would lay hands on people and they would get a headache almost immediately uh and i'm like going okay um this is not good and i was at one of these things called a reiki share that we do where we have people that know reiki and don't know how, don't know reiki and we all come together as a community and one person will lie on the table and they'll have like four or five people putting energy into them and there was this one other guy that was there and he wasn't a reiki master he had just been dealing with energy and magic for a long time and my master looked at her, looked at him and said, what is he doing? He gave me a headache the other day that lasted three days. And he came over and he put his hands on my feet. He goes, okay, now send energy. And he came back and he looked at me. He goes, this is easy, Rob. You're pushing. The energy is running through you, but you're intertwining your chi, your core life energy with it. So it's being amplified and people can't handle it. So just send Reiki by God. <laughs> Uh, and so Reiki is using this energy that's external, that's all around us. It's not our chi. And one of the things that Master Asui found is that if you look at the monks, every three months they would come out of the monastery or wherever they were, they would lay hands and they would heal people and do all these magical things and they would go back in and they'd have to go this whole process all these vows of silency and what they had to eat. And it was all about building this chi energy back up. Well, Dr. Asui found a way to capture the energy that's all around us. So it just runs through us. And I was combining my core life energy, my chi, with the universe's energy and giving everybody a big wallop. (laughs) And so I had to learn how to adjust and say, okay, here we go. And that probably has to do with your martial arts background because you were probably using, harnessing that energy and pushing it 
and, you know, forcing it out, mm -hmm. which is probably how you break things, right? I mean, I, I've never taken martial arts, but. Yeah, so what's really neat about uh, using your chi or your ki or your prana, when you're learning how to break something, you are projecting the thoughts within your mind's eye two and a half inches behind what you're going to hit. And then you can actually find time-lapse photography of somebody breaking stuff. And the larger their chi is, the further away it breaks from their body. And so when I would teach young kids back in my day, we actually used boards and not these plastic things that are called breakaway things. But everybody would complain that the front of their hand was fine, but they would have splinters in the back side of their hand. And they were like, why is this? Well, you would go through the board, the board would break before you actually hit it, but as you recoil back, the board was still there and the splinters would be in the back of your hand. That's, and that's, so, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I would use that same energy when I was projecting and putting this energy into people, I wasn't thinking surface wise, I was thinking it had to go straight through them. I know in the beginning when I learned Reiki one, um, I was doing more of that very mindful of the flow and maybe probably pushing it a little bit, but no, I didn't get people with headaches that would have concerned me. But um, then later you just learn, just allow it to flow mm -hmm. through. You don't have to do anything. Just be focused that the flow is happening. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with one of my students a while back and they're like, Rob, you know, when you're at an expo and you're at these big events doing this, it's really weird. Everybody else comes in and they get in this meditative position and they're just like all Shangri-La and la, 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 and zone out from everything. They're like, how do you do this? You're actually laying hands on people and having conversations with other people. How does this work? And it's exactly what you said. I learned how to just get out of the way. Once that energy is flowing, it's kind of like if you're siphoning gas out of, a, out of a car, once it starts coming out, you better pull the hose out to get it to stop or it runs out. So I just get the energy going. I step aside. And as long as I know it's flowing through me, I can have conversations. I choose to just sit there quietly. But at big events, people like to come over and talk. Yeah. So you mentioned briefly that earlier that there's a native american version of reiki i've never heard of this um well if you actually go with the lakota indians I, I believe you can find that they do something called raindrop and this will bring up a whole can of worms for people that are in young living essential oils uh, because it was said that raindrop technique was stolen from them there was a lawsuit i won't go into all that but i have heard of different tribes that would work with energy and then we can also talk about shamanism and we can talk about uh and a lot of the native american indians that i've talked to do not even like the word shaman uh they like the word medicine healer or medicine person and so this brings up a whole nother thing of when I heard about, and they're called Bushmen down in South America. And the Bushmen, they didn't have the medicine that we have. And so they were using this natural energy that they had to heal things. 
And I heard about them healing broken bones and healing bones. And this was one of those things that I put out there. I was like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to heal bones and actually see it happen. I want the physical proof. Universe, show this to me one day. And over COVID, over COVID, uh, I was doing distance healing. So what we believe is that everything is a frequency and a vibration. Everything is conjoined. Everything is now. Everything is present. Everything is in the future and the past. It all is just simultaneously happening. So we don't have to be with somebody to give them healing if they ask for it. And I had a woman that had been a client that over COVID, she's 73 years old, and she was down in Arlington, Virginia, which is close to Washington, D.C., and she was walking, and this guy was running with his earbuds on, wasn't paying attention to anything. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I need to step off the sidewalk. When she went to step off the sidewalk, the sidewalk wasn't level, and she came down on her kneecap, and she broke her kneecap in half. And she messed up her face, broke out a tooth, and she's 73 years old, and she reached out to me and she's like, Rob, I need help. Um, I need help because they won't take me. They won't let me into the hospital. He said, I've got a 90% chance that I have to have surgery on this knee. And I was like, do you have the x-ray? She goes, yeah. She sent me a copy of the x-ray. I worked on her for seven days. And then she was able to get an appointment to go back in and see her doctor. And they were getting ready to do pre-op for surgery. And they took another x-ray the bones had actually fused back together. And I was like, yes, thank you, spirit. Uh, And then I had a nurse down in uh, Southern Virginia that really got upset with me over COVID as well because she heard the story and she reached out to me and she had broken the bones on the outside of her foot and she couldn't go back to work and she had been like this for like six months. And so she reached out to me and I worked on her for seven days uh, distance wise, just like the other woman. And she called me back and she cussed me out. She said, I don't want to go back to work during COVID. <laughs> I was just cleared to go back to work. They did the x-rays and the bones are fused back together. I was like, sorry for your good luck. <laughs> so are you doing anything special when you're focusing on healing the bones? Or are you just sending Reiki uh, one thing well, that I, I know you're trained in other energy healing modalities too, as well as the teacher of those modalities. So, um, everything starts with an intention. So my intention and my meditation and the Reiki and connecting into source and spiritual healing, but I am actually holding the vision of the x-ray in my head. And so within Reiki one, we talk about not directing the energy because Reiki energy is smarter than we are. It's going to go where it needs to go. But within doing this, I am, I'm intertwining the universal life force energy with my own chi. And I've got my own little techniques for doing it. Mm-hmm. That spirit showed me. And I'm working on trying to put them together to teach people. But I remember when I was eight years old, that was the first time I ever healed myself. And I was out running around and I twisted my ankle really bad. My mom wanted to take me to the hospital, get it x-rayed. And I don't know if anybody out there is old enough to remember 
this old show called Kung Fu with David Carradine. And it just so happened that that one show was about healing and about what they would do as monks to heal. And he said a couple of things and I lied down and I was like, okay. And I tapped into spirit and I got up and I started running. And my mom asked me what I did. I said, I put my focus and my energy of healing on my ankle. And that's the simplest thing that anybody can do. If you look at Reiki, it's unconditional love. And most mothers and fathers have had a child that has had a boo-boo that you've run over to and you put your hands on it. Your hands got a little warm or whatever. And you just sent love and healing to that spot. And maybe you've kissed it or whatever. And all of a sudden the child goes, thank you and runs off. Mm -hmm. That's Reiki. With learning Reiki, we're just learning how to turn it on and off almost at will. So am I intertwining a couple of different healing modalities? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but it does work and it's out there and wherever you are in the world, find a great Reiki master and learn from them. If you're down around Tina, she's great. Go learn from her. You know, take the class in person, please. Well, if you're going to teach that bone healing, I'm interested in learning that. Okay. So, and if there's anybody out there who needs that type of healing, contact Rob, because that's really cool. That's really amazing. I, I love it because I actually have the x-rays. It's not just, uh, hey, somebody had a testimony. No, I, I've got the x-rays. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if you're like this, but I'm very visual. Mm -hmm. So I need a, a visual to focus on, whether yes. it's like the picture of the person or the picture of the x-ray or the house, mm -hmm. the land, that sort of thing. Once I have that visual energetically, I can connect to it. Yes, it makes it easier and it makes it stronger. Because what happens, and we find this within mediumship, I'm an evidential medium, and I'll tell you a really weird story about that here in a second. But as, you know, we're connecting in, spirit's talking to us, and we've got all of our self-doubts. And so we're having to battle our self-doubts of what we're seeing, feeling, and knowing. And so if you're actually seeing it, it's kind of like having the cheat sheet for the test. So you mm -hmm. can actually boost and get out of your way. So I kind of got drug in to mediumship. I wasn't really looking to do mediumship, but here's a story, Tina, that uh, you don't know. When I was 16 or 17, my first guides, uh, spirit guides or angels, one was my great grandfather who opened up the first playhouses in New York City. Uh, great guy, never knew him. And then my grandmother, uh, on my mother's side that I didn't know either, but she would come to me and she would give me this stuff. And I finally got fed up with it because my mother kept looking at me like I was a complete nut. She's like, how do you know this? And so I told my grandmother one night, I said, look, I am not going to give my mom any more information because she doesn't believe that I'm talking to you. She thinks I should be locked up, but my mom talked to angels all the time. But, uh, this one night she came and she told me about the old farmhouse that they'd grown up in and about her and her siblings, how they would sneak out and how they would come back in and how the second step to the porch would creak 
in this place and how it had a screen door that was wooden and the hinges would shriek when you opened it this way. And then when you came in, you had to sneak upstairs because it was very quiet. It was a farmhouse. There was no music. But the third step, and this is the one thing that I do remember, the third step on the left-hand side would creak really loud. So you had to either bypass that step or step all the way to the right. And so I went downstairs the following morning. And I said, Mom, I've got a message for you. It's from your mom. But I want you to know what she told me first. And I told her this, and her mouth dropped. And she goes, how do you know this? I was like, I was never there. I asked for information that I would never possibly have known or heard so that you'd know that I was talking to her. That was when I was 16, and that's what we call evidential mediumship, where we have to bring through evidence that substantiates who we're actually talking to on the other side. And we believe in the continuity of life that we never truly pass away. Energy, once it's out there, it always just evolves and changes. So I went over to what's called the Arthur Finley College of Mediumship over in Stansted, England. Please look it up, folks. It is the closest thing to Hogwarts that I can think of. And it's all for learning mediumship. It's international, you know, people fly in. Some of the people, if you're into mediumship and you see them on TV and stuff, uh, John Holland went to Arthur Finley. He was there for years. Uh, you can also see my friend, mentor, uh, person that I've taken classes with, John um, Colin Bates, who uh, is on the Netflix uh, thing now, Surviving Death, when it comes to mediumship. Um, but I went over there and I really wasn't sure what I was getting myself into. My partner at the time had been a couple of times, but you enter what you think is a castle to an American, but it's actually just a very large uh, home mansion. And it's called a calendar house because there's a, there's actually a fireplace and chimney for each month of the year. Now during World War II, here's where it really gets weird. During World War II, they actually changed it over to a hospital. And this place had over 5,000 patients that were in it. So you right away, you're going mediumship, ghosts, spirits. You're in a place where it was a hospital and 5,000 people. Oh, yeah. Artwork decor from God knows how long ago through this whole house. And we get this room and I'm asleep. And all of a sudden my butt gets grabbed and I jump because it was a physical grab. I could feel it. And I looked and my partner, she was asleep next to me facing the other way. And I'm like, Oh, this ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't good. Oh, well, you know, just as a child, I just pulled my covers over my head and said, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It happened again. Uh, but then I had a talk with spirit and everything, but here's where it really gets weird. So about a year, year and a half later, after I've come back, I'm doing this paranormal conference in uh, Maryland. And I start talking to this older gentleman. And he goes, I see that you've been to Arthur Finley. I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, I was there in the late 70s. Great place. He goes, you know, my best friend was there and, and he was staying in this room and he got his butt grabbed by a ghost. I was like, really? We compare notes. It was the same room. So this spirit has been at Arthur Finley grabbing men's butts since the 70s. Who knows how much earlier. So there's another weird one for you. <laughs>
Did you actually talk to the ghost? Did you find out who it was? I, I'm not so good at names. I'm better with numbers. Just don't put me in a math class, but I am a mortgage broker. But, you know, um, I'm not so good with names. Sometimes I get them. Sometimes I don't. But at that point in time, I was just like, leave me alone. You don't have my permission to grab my butt. I'm going back to bed. And so I did. The rest of the time I was there, I was there for about a week. Uh, they didn't grab my butt anymore. So I was happy about that. Yeah, that room should come with a warning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we like to talk about it. it you know, it's like, you know, get your butt grabbed by a ghost. Now, it is a place to talk about it, but I still think that people don't necessarily go running out. I had my butt grabbed by a ghost. <laughs> I have to be happy to say that's never happened to me. <laughs> okay. Well, if you ever make it over to England, let me know. I'll give you the room number. You can stay in there. <laughs> uh, I would take care of that one for sure. And they would be their butt grabbing days will be over, Rob. So okay. they probably don't want me to stay in that room. <laughs> okay. Off the ele elevator, go to the T and go all the way down to the end. It's right at the end of the hallway. <laughs> So do you get woken up at night by spirit or have you put out some boundaries and rules? Don't disturb my sleep. I, I do. Um, I, I get woken up by spirit and other things. But the other night I was actually woken up um, and I was told to turn on the news. I, I turned on the news. It was about two o'clock in the morning and it was showing a scene of everything that happened at FedEx up in Indianapolis. My best friend from college actually works at that facility. And I was like, oh, thank you, spirit. So I do get woken up. And when I started off in Reiki, I would work on myself when I was going to sleep. And spirit used to come and visit me uh, at night to actually work on me. And at that point in time, this is going to sound bad, kind of like I'm a serial dater or whatever, but my girlfriend at the time was very psychic and could see stuff. And she looked at me, she goes, could you please get rid of this guy? He keeps showing up in the middle of the night. I'm very uncomfortable with it. And he's like six, seven. And what is this? But so, yeah, I, I get woken up all the time. <laughs> yeah. See, that's a pet peeve of mine. So mm -hmm. I put it out there. Don't wake me up. Mm -hmm. If you need my help, here's my secret. You need my help. I usually choose the full moon. Uh -huh. wait, wait for me in the front of my house on full moon and I will help you. I will, you know, talk to you. Don't come into my house. But then there's always someone who has to break the rules. Yes. But luckily it's a less and less of uh, an occurrence. So here's another weird uh, ghost story for you. And they don't really like the word ghost. They're spirits. But anyhow, my stepfather, when I was taking care of him, he, his mother would hang out with him. And so this one woman that I was just talking about, she showed up at the house one day before I did. I said, yeah, go on in. She, called, she came back out of the house. She called me up. She goes, I'm not entering that house again. I was just told that I do not belong in this house with another man by myself. And he is taken, even though his wife is not here. And so she was waiting at the end of the hood of my car, well, at the end of the hood of his car when I showed up. 
we worked that out, but I was doing an event at my house and it was an intro to theta healing. So theta healing is kind of like, like, kind of like seeing a counselor that's also psychic and intuitive and a medium. So it's kind of like we're getting the answers before. And so we just kind of guide you to your own answers that we're actually getting from spirit of what your blockage is, what's, what's your emotional holdup. So I was doing this intro and this woman came in and she started talking about how she could clear spirit. And I'm like, that's fine. My house is full of spirits, happy spirits. If there's a spirit here that's not happy, they're not allowed. I get rid of them. But, you know, it's kind of like Sweden for spirits. I just let them come. And with all the events I was having, there were all sorts of them. Um, but she came in and she wanted to show me how she cleared spirits. And she had a quartz crystal and an ohm tuning fork. And ohm, 528 ohm is the creation, the frequency of unconditional love of God creator. And she tapped it. And I figured she was going to stay in the room that we were in. And so we've got this thing that's called free will. And so I had given all these spirits permission. So they didn't have to go anywhere. But she went out of that room and I'm like, uh, hello. And she walked all the way through the house and she came back. She's standing next to me. Her eyes got really big and she went down the hallway to where my stepfather would sleep. He wasn't even in the room. She was met by his mother in spirit. I have never seen somebody turn so white and so pale in my life, she bolted out of this hallway, took the long way back into the room that I was in, grabbed her boots that were next to me and said, well, I will never, and ran out of the house. <laughs> and I looked at a friend of mine that was very intuitive that was sitting on the couch that couldn't see anything. And I said, what do you think just happened? She goes, George's mom kicked her out. <laughs> she wasn't meant to go down that hallway. <laughs> Interesting. So, well, you know, I've never been to your house, but <laughs> I heard that you had some spirits there. <laughs> I, I love spirit, you know, and I work with spirit all the time. They work with me. I work with them. And oh, so here's another weird story for you. So after Reiki 2, one of the things that happens to people is we get attuned to this energy and it's very common that all of a sudden our hands turn on and get hot when there's somebody around us that needs healing. And so I wasn't always this open spirit. And my sign, I'm Taurus, so I'm a little bullheaded. And I'm like, leave me alone, whatever, you know, get back to me later. And I don't always listen. And so I, I tease everybody that when I'm teaching and everything, my stories usually start, you know, kind of like that story he walked into a bar. Well, my story started, well, I'm in a bar at a biker event, a biker rally. <laughs> and I was in, it was actually the Purple Moose Saloon in Ocean City, Maryland. And I had just set out spirit. I said, look, from now on, I'm going to listen. You all keep me safe. You keep me out of the, and I just want to work with you. And so I'm in this bar and it's filled with a bunch of bikers. And my biker vest, I actually have on it, it says Reiki Master. I just put that on my biker vest. And I'm walking out of the Purple Moose Saloon, and my hands get really hot. And Spirit comes in and tells me about this person sitting next to me that was just diagnosed with cancer and gave me the name of the cancer and all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. 
And I turn and I look, and these are the two biggest dudes in the whole place. And I'm like, come on, spirit. I don't want to go talk to them and say, can I lay hands on you? And I'm like, well, you know, I made the deal with spirit. I will trust. And this is the first thing that we really have to do is start trusting in spirit, trusting in our loved ones on the other side to help us out if we want to work with them. And so I walked over to the table, timid as I can, and you can't see me, folks. I'm only 5'9 on the lying day at DMV. <laughs> I'm not quite there. But with shoes, I can make it. Uh, but anyhow, so I walk over to these two really large dudes. And I'm like, you don't know me. I, I, need, I handed them a business card. I showed them my vest. I said, I do this thing called Reiki. It's the Japanese art of healing through the laying of hands. And I tell them a little bit about it. And I said, now I'm here because... I made this agreement with spirit that I will follow whatever they asked me to do. And spirit told me that I needed to come over because somebody's health is not good. And I went through everything that spirit told me. And I said, would you mind? And this is up to you. It's permission based. If I can perform a healing where I need to lay hands. And the one dude is just looking at me and out of this other dude's mouth came this little woman's voice. And she said, you'll have to ask my husband. And now I'm really freaked out going, okay, I just came to touch your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy leans over on the table, puts his hands down on the table. He goes, any other day, I would be standing up to kick your blank, blank, blank. He goes, but I need to let you know. We just came from the doctor's office and you just gave the diagnosis that the doctor gave her. And so please. So in the middle of the purple moose saloon, I sat there and I laid hands and did healing. I still do not know who these two people are. I just turned and walked out. But that was a weird story. And that was really just uh, listening to spirit. I get chills. <laughs> Yeah. Now you've worked with a lot of clients over the years and probably some with cancer. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think causes cancer on an emotional or mental or spiritual level? So the first thing that I need to say is the AMA says I can't say anything, but uh, within diagnosis, but we're going to share and I like how Viana Stiebels talks about it from Theta Healing. She's the founder of Theta Healing. Mm -hmm. And she says that cancer actually forms about five years prior to it being diagnosed. And Viona Stiebels is a psychic, a medium, a healer, and all this other stuff. And she healed herself, and then she came into this world. And she talks about the fact that it's usually a limiting belief. There, there's something that we cannot handle or cope with. And so now I'm going to vary a little bit into my coaching side. And we can talk about Tony Robbins and limiting beliefs. We can talk about uh, Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton. If you Folks, if you haven't heard of them, please go find them. But what happens is we are all, and this came from one of my coaches at Erickson University, she would say that we're all the sum accumulation of everything that happens to us in our life and how we deem to deal with it. 
And so much of the time, our coping skills are created and designed by the little child within us with their limited knowledge. And it's all about keeping ourselves safe. And what I like to tell my clients is when we come up against something that we don't know how to deal with, that we don't know how to really go into, we stuff it in ourselves. You know, there's that old phrase, I swallowed it. Yeah, you did. Where'd you put it? And massage therapists would like to talk about issues in the tissues, you know, and trigger points. Well, we put these things inside of us and now we put them inside of us. And this is my belief. We put them inside of us as fuel and as energy because we don't trust our own intellect and our own heart because we don't have the coping tools to deal with it again. So we let it fester and burn inside of us as a fuel for if something like this happens to us again, we can explode right away and we won't take it. So we create this boundary and I love going into creating healthy boundaries and how they work and our tolerations and all that other stuff. But we keep this as fuel, a fire in our belly, but we're housing it in our body and we're creating dis-ease. I love talking about dis-ease, which is disease, because what we're doing is energetically, we're stopping the flow of this energy. And we can go into Chinese medicine and talk about the meridian lines and how they flow and carry our energy through our body. And this is what acupressure and acupuncture work with. But we're creating the stagnant area within our body. And see, really, truly what Reiki is, it's creating oxygen in our body. Oxygen is healing. And these areas we're robbing the oxygen from. So therefore, it's creating this disease and this disease within us that will continue to grow. And we don't want to let it go because it's serving us so that we're ready to explode the next time it happens. So I have seen a lot of transformational stuff within Reiki for working with limiting beliefs. And in 2014, I came up with your path, your journey. It's why we challenge understanding why you're zigging when you want to zag where I realized Dr. Asui would work on people and then they would go back out. And after they didn't get the results that they wanted, they would go back to doing the same things. We go back to our limiting beliefs. We go back to how we choose to keep ourselves safe because we don't know any other way. That creates that whole frequency and vibration that we just moved out of you to come back. So I've got this whole program that's a combination of life coaching and energy work to actually evolve and illuminate everything and to get you to move forward. But this is what I believe a lot of our illness is, is just these limiting beliefs and this cumulative knowledge that we put together in order to keep ourselves safe, but we're storing it in our body because we don't have a better way to deal with it. So if you can find compassion in yourself, that's the first thing to look for. Have compassion for why you put it there and then move into everything else. So that fuel to protect themselves, it's often anger. Yes. And what I find is the anger feeds the cancer. It grows the cancer. Yes. And so with integrated energy therapy, that that's kind of Reiki with the angels. Stephen Thayer is the creator of it. We talk about anger and resentment, anger being held in the, in the gallbladder 
and resentment being held in the spleen. And so I had a friend of mine a long time ago, they looked at me and they said, have you noticed how many people that have anger issues after the age of 42 end up losing their gallbladder? And I started looking into it. And I challenge everybody else to look into it. People that don't have their gallbladder, ask them if they are angry people. They might still be angry. But we, we store this because we want to be able to handle it the next time it happens. And you said the spleen is resentment? Resentment. Yeah. And so within this, uh, within IET, integrated energy therapy, we work with the left side and the right body right side of the body. And one of the things that Stephen Thayer says, and you can find this within Louise Hayes' studies as well, is that the left side of the body is the feminine side. The right side is the masculine. And so understanding we all have feminine and masculine in us. And if you ever really want to do something to really join those together, St. Germain, the violet flame, it burns off all karma. You can find it on YouTube. You know, it's a great tool. But understanding that this just is, and what's really interesting is when I learned this, I was doing Chi Lin Kung Fu. And within this form of Kung Fu, the male would wear their sash to the left side. The female would wear their sash to the right side. And it was to balance out the yin and the yang. And so as we move into working more towards the feminine divine and understanding where we are, it's all about blending these two energies. But the masculine form of resentment is anger. It explodes, boom. Resentment is slow and steady. I'm going to get you, my little kitty. So However, resentment is a, a feminine yes. type of anger? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Rob. You're so deep into this stuff. And <laughs> Rob, um, just to give listeners some background, he taught theta healing. Um, I was his student, and I was also a student of his partners for IET. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'm sure you have more stories to tell. We'd love to hear it if you want to come back. I, I and, and share with uh, the listeners if they would like to work with you or contact you, what your contact information is. So the best way to reach me is through my website. It's www.thehealingfrequency.net. So it's not .com, it's .net. .net was taken, .com was taken when I did it. So www.thehealingfrequency.net. I will give you my phone number as well. It's 703-966-6878. And I do love to travel and teach. And if anybody out there wants to learn, I'm doing, I'm teaching the wonderful gift of access bars of consciousness in Mount Desert Island, Maine. It's right next to Bar Harbor. Beautiful place. The whole mm -hmm. island is set up with chakras. Uh, and you can find a book on the chakras of Bar Harbor in Mount Desert Island. The energies are off the chart. I'll be teaching at Seawall uh, Motel and it is right on the Atlantic and it's a beautiful place. But if you're out there in the world and you want me to come teach, I usually roll in. I do an evidential mediumship night on Friday night 
teach class on Saturday, do healings on Sunday, and then I'm out of there. All right. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you so much, Tina, for having me on. Great to catch up with you. Sure. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook. And like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.